Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, the 21st of August, and 179 cases in Victoria. Fantastic. The Padley household comes alive with optimism. Nothing quite like being cooped up with your parents for six weeks on the trot. As I say, the kids have spent a long time on eBay, but nobody's bid for them yet. And you'll notice a little bit of optimism creeping into the travel sector. Flight Centre up 5.3% today. Webjet, which fell 12.5% on its results yesterday, up 9% this morning. The travel sector is on its way back. Maybe that was the low yesterday. Anyway, we continue to play this recovery theme. Another interesting observation in our market this morning were the retail sales numbers up 3.3% in July, but household goods retail sales, that is things like furniture, white goods, electrical, up 30%. And that's what we've seen in results from companies like Nick Scarly, Adairs. And we'll see the Adairs full results next week. And we'll see the Harvey Norman results next week. And we hold Harvey Norman, hoping those results are going to be good. Wall Street was up 46 overnight. Our futures were up 13. The bond market continues to disobey with the bond yield falling a little bit overnight in the US, which led to financials being down and tech stocks very strong. Aussie dollar strong still, holding around 72. Still a few results today, but not as many as we've had in the last few days. The main one is Suncor Metway up 9% on results today. This was the busiest week of results. There are still a lot of results to come next week. Notable reporters include Fortescue, Ansel, Oil Search, Woolworths, Afterpay Thursday, Flight Centre, Ramsey Healthcare, Boral, and a few we're interested in, Bingo, Hub, Wally Parsons, Zip Money, Appen, plenty to come. Not much on the economic diary, by the way, next week. The focus really is on domestic results. Now, on to strategy. Our market, rather disappointing today, we've managed to give away a quite significant bounce back. Having fallen 48 points yesterday, we recovered it all today. We're up 46, and as I speak, we are now down five with no obvious explanation. US futures are up 65 at the moment. Just giving it away on a Friday, fairly typical thing. In the strategy section today, I have the chart of Australian cases coming off the top. That looks good. 179 cases, as I say. Hopefully we'll get into a number below 100 next week and then we can start to relax. Fairly comfortable with the market at the moment, but as always, comfortable until we're not. No one knows when the market's going to go wrong. There are all sorts of warning signs on valuation, but your protection against some sort of precipitous fall, apart from reading the Markers Today newsletter, is simply waking up every morning making decisions. You can't do any better than that. You can't make a grand prediction that the market is overvalued. It's going to fall over, so I'll sell. You make the observation the market is overvalued, that it's at risk of selling off and wait for it to fall over and then start to sell. So at the moment, we just go with it. We've become fully invested again. And we're not going to make any grand predictions about the future trend. That would just be delusion. And in a notable bit of delusion overnight, Goldman Sachs has raised its target price for the S&P 500 from 3,000 to 3,600. By the end of the year, it's currently 3,385. We are climbing this wall of worry. Of course, that forecast for the end of the year is highly dependent, you would imagine, on a variety of unpredictable things, one of which 
which is the US election. I've got a chart in the strategy piece today of the VIX volatility index that is sliding away nicely, not quite at bull market levels yet. Still a bit of volatility in the system. Market can't quite be trusted, but getting back to bull market levels if it carries on on this trend. Now, one of the news wires overnight listed risks to the US market. Quite a good list. You can read it in the strategy section, but it revolves around election volatility, US election volatility. There is some research suggesting that the US economy in the longer term is all about the coronavirus economic impact and recovery from that and that the November election which politician is running the country is not going to change that particularly and is a bit of a blip that the economy will be unaffected by the outcome of the November election is what one strategist says. Probably right. The market probably won't like Biden as much but it's not the sort of event that creates precipitous moves in the market so we can probably relax but relax about it but it is likely to inject some volatility another risk is a third wave or a winter wave in the northern hemisphere and I was interested to see one strategist saying that his prediction for the future was never ending pandemic concerns in other words we might have to live with the pandemic which I assume if we don't get a vaccine we will but there was an interesting thing in New York where their schools are trying to reopen and the suggestion is that they will have parameters around schools reopening things like you have to have so many days 30 days of PPE equipment available or you can't open and if positive testing in the city in New York rises over 3% schools will have to close and in places like Texas and Florida it's coming off the top but their positive testing is still around 12% to 16% but you can see that this could be a template for how the rest of the world and how we start to handle a life with never-ending pandemic concerns, that we end up dealing with it on the basis of a variety of parameters related to infection rates and case numbers. And we deal with it on a city-by-city basis, on a local basis, not a federal or state basis. And maybe this is the future. Different lockdowns, different stages of lockdowns for different stages of infection set by certain parameters handled on a local rather than state basis or national basis. And each suburb, therefore, takes responsibility for its own freedoms. And if you think about it, it's pretty much what Australian states are doing already. Victoria is doing its own thing because of its own level of infections. But this might become the norm if we have to live with, in inverted commas, never-ending pandemic concerns with the economic damage in the hands of where these acceptable parameters fall. And obviously zero cases would be a disastrous parameter for any economy. Take note New Zealand, take note Victoria. And I can see in the cabinet meeting going on today, there's already some federal pressure on state governors about where they set these parameters, in particular regarding border closures. Anyway, interesting idea. New York setting the template for school openings might just be giving us a window on how the world is going to handle the pandemic in the future. Another risk to the market is vaccine delays. Johnson & Johnson have found 60,000 volunteers for a phase three trial starting in September. I think Moderna and Pfizer are looking for 30,000 volunteers each for theirs. But you can see 
doing a trial on 60,000 people, that's going to take a while. And I have read a lot of the vaccine research, or actually I've read the research which summarizes the vaccine speculation. And the best case scenario appears to be a vaccine by the end of the year, mass inoculation available by April 2021. So it's going to take time, but the stock market's always going to look ahead if they can see a viable vaccine. Even if it doesn't arrive till April 2021 or June 2021, the market will, will just run away anyway. It would be higher if they knew there would be a vaccine available next year even if it was june or september next year it would be higher than it is now but vaccine delays another market risk another market risk is stimulus delays but i think we've already seen those those 600 dollar checks ran out in the u.s on first of july the weekly jobless numbers overnight jumped up again probably because of that but i think new stimulus is something for after the election so we may we may have to wait on that. It's not really a market risk. It's already happened. I've got a chart of case numbers in the US and other countries in the strategy piece today. You'll see US case numbers continue to come off the top. Meanwhile, with the rush on at the moment, too much ground to cover to have a lot of time to stop and have ideas. So no changes to portfolios today. But I did want to say we've had a long discussion about, about the size of our funds under management approaching 100 million. And yet we're only holding about 20, 30 stocks. We have the mandate to go to 50. We've taken the decision we are going to run that up as our funds under management significantly increase. We're running into liquidity problems getting in and out of stocks. So we will reflect what we're going to do in the SMAs in this section as well in the Marcus Today portfolio in the strategy section and you are going to see the number of stocks we hold increase and the size of holding probably decrease. That'll mitigate some of the stress in the portfolio from individual stock risk and you need no more evidence of that than the price movements that we've seen over this results season. We have to insure against that which means smaller holding sizes and that will actually have the side benefit of providing more variety and interest in the newsletter portfolio as well as we hold more stocks, do more stock picking. Bottom line, we think the portfolio is currently too concentrated and we need to spread that. So you'll probably see us buying 1% holdings in stocks rather than 2, 3 or 4 or 5% holdings and you'll probably see us pyramiding into the stocks that perform and simply cutting the stocks that don't. Look out for that. Meanwhile, I I have done some work today on Unibail Rodamco, URW, which we've put into the portfolio recently, and it's gone terribly in the last week because of speculation of a 3 billion euro capital raising, which was in a Bloomberg article this week. Have a read of that. The bottom line is that this is a heavily oversold stock. We bought it on the recovery theme, fundamental undervaluation, an assumption that the worst of the virus was in on the basis that the stock was discounting a significant asset value depreciation. They own a lot of European properties that have been in some cases devalued by 20% thanks to the coronavirus. We think that's in the price. There's also generally positive broker opinion and there was a technical bottoming and then this story came around they're going to do a capital raising. I think the conclusion now is that the stock's discounting a lot of damage to asset values. It's discounting a 3 billion euro capital raising already. It's discounting its balance sheet issues and discounting a recent rise in European case numbers which is specifically targeted URW because they're based in France with European properties. 
we're going to continue holding it considering how much NTA damage has already been discounted in the share price. The upside potential should sentiment lift and we see the catalyst for that being a capital raising or asset sales or coronavirus cases peaking in France in particular. Those should bottom the share price. Macquarie, for instance, has a target price of 409 cents with the share price around 325. So it has had a hit in the last week, but again, we are somewhere near the bottom. I can see us in a year or two's time with this stock fully recovered and the share price significantly above where we are now. So we're gonna hold on. Finally, as promised, I have been putting a couple of stocks into the bottom of the strategy section on, let's call it what it is, technical signals and there are a couple of stocks in there today that look quite interesting these scans we run in the morning pick up on stocks changing trend and here are a couple of stocks changing trend I'll leave you to look at the strategy piece to find those quite interesting smaller stocks meanwhile somebody asked as Telstra not Telstra <laughs> Tesla very different stock as Tesla went through $2,000 whether Tesla was cheap well I've put the stock box in today and for those of you who haven't heard this week you can put US stocks into our stock box put .us on the end of the code and they'll come up so I've shown you the Tesla stock box today really an excuse to highlight the fact that you can look at US stocks through our stock box but Tesla's stock box is in there PE of 230 dropping to 128, dropping to 87, and the average broker target price is 54.7% below the current share price. You tell me whether that's cheap or expensive. 14 times price to sales, I think it's pretty obvious. But these days, what does a PE matter? Anyway, as I leave you, the market now flat, having been up 46 and down 15. Travel stocks flying along, Webjet up 10.6%, Flight Center up 6.3%, Corporate travel up 3.6%. Hello World up 3.4%. Come on, Victoria, get those case numbers down. Don't forget Henry on Ask an Analyst at 5 p.m. today on our Marcus Today Stock Discussion Group on Facebook. We'll love his podcast tomorrow. He is interviewing the two guys from Equity Mates. Look out for that. You have a good day. I will be back with the weekend email tomorrow. Mm-hmm.